This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour 3, Taz Boost with you on this Tuesday. CBS Sports Radio live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Let's talk a little bit about the association. Welcome aboard Ian Thompson, author of The Soul of Basketball, his uh, friend of the program, joined us numerous times. Hey, Ian, Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning, bud. Yeah, what's up, Ian? Hey, good morning. I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Nothing's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It's all quiet in the NBA yeah. right now. It's all um, Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> look at that. <laughs> see that plan word? Did you see that? Uh, you know, with all the reports coming out of Los Angeles, and there's not a lot. I mean, it's all real speculation because his his inner circle seems to to control the narrative here. What's your take on um, when we get a Kawhi decision, and where do you think he ultimately lands? You know, clearly he's going by his own timetable. I don't know when he's going to do it. But the fact that the Lakers seem to be right in the middle of it, I think, sends a really strong signal. They wouldn't they wouldn't be in the middle of it unless there was something there. And if you think about what his cha- choices are at this point, you know, he can stay in Toronto with a team that, that barely won the championship, can, can look to get out of the East every year, but probably isn't as talented as the teams in the West. He can go to the Clippers, who are really building something strong from the ground up. But, again, not a lot of star talent around him. Or he can go to a team with the Lakers where there will be three stars and they will be counting on playing for the championship every single year. Uh, you know, Ian, I, I, just, I just don't know how I, I think the Lakers have to be the favorite. Yeah, but so to that point, Ian, like Moose and I have been talking about this a lot throughout the show, as you can imagine today. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the thing is, though, wouldn't you think, though, like someone like Kawhi, I understand he's not, he's not a type A personality. I get he's, you know, he's just, he's all about playing. He's got, you know, he's he's focused on that. He don't get hung up in the drama. But wouldn't you think that you go, you leave San Antonio with all the issues there, with the injuries, not injured, all his players, his coach, they're all talking about him. He goes to Toronto, no one expects it. Who would have thunk it? They win the whole kit and caboodle, and he's the front man. He's on top, and he proves something. That's pretty impressive. So wouldn't you think that for him, for Kawhi to go to the Lakers, he's going he's gonna to more or less be the third man or second man, he's going to be subservient to LeBron James. That's that's his team. It's not LeBron. It's not Kawhi's team. Wouldn't you think that's something that maybe he doesn't want to do? That's a great point, and he may very he may very well decide that. He may very well decide that this is not for him. Because when you look at the Miami Heat, when it was uh, LeBron, Wade, and Chris Bosh, Chris, Chris Bosh was left out. Uh, the Celtics' big three of Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen. Ray Allen was always feeling left out. Uh, in Cleveland, it was LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love. Kevin Love was the third wheel. He was left out. Right. I don't know. How, I don't know how the Lakers will make sense of this unless LeBron has tells them, unless he he's telling Kawhi. And clearly, this is all because LeBron is recruiting recruiting Kawhi. I mean, that that this is a LeBron show. If the fact that they're in there with Kawhi. And maybe LeBron is saying to him, look, I'm, I've am i played, um, by the end of the season, I think, 
LeBron will be third all-time in minutes in, in NBA history. So he's got, maybe he's saying to them, I'm the old guy here. I'm going to be setting you guys up. I'm the point guard. I don't need to be averaging 30 points a game anymore. This is your team, you two guys, and I, I'm going to be the facilitator, all of that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe that's the pitch, that, that Anthony Davis is the big man, uh, Kawhi is the middle guy, and LeBron is in the backcourt, and, and LeBron's just going to be more of a pure point guard. I, I don't see it. I really don't see it that right. way. I, I think when they're under pressure, who would you rather have taking the shot and making the play than LeBron James? So, But it, it, it could go either way. And, and then in the middle of it all, you have a guy like Kawhi that's just so difficult to read, as you guys say. So I'm just, I'm just struck by the fact that nobody was talking about the Lakers for the longest time, and now in the last week we're all talking about the Lakers. Back in 2010, when LeBron left to go to Miami, no one had been talking about Miami beforehand, and then it happened when he went to the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers hired a coach, David Blatt, not thinking that LeBron would ever be coming back to Cleveland, and then he went back. So these things come by surprise a lot. No, they they do. Um, you know, so right now, I mean, it, it, what I'll ask you this way, Ian. You know, from what you understand, what drives Kawhi here? I mean, is it? You know, is he, a, he? I know he's all about winning. Does he care about his legacy? Uh, you know, is it about playing at home? I mean, is it about being the man on a team? What do you think? What do you think internally drives Leonard? I mean, all we can go by are the clues, and the first clue is winning. You know, and and doing whatever he needs to win, and improving himself as a player to win. You know, filling out his game, becoming more than a system player, becoming more than a defender. Uh, becoming the guy that can create his own shot and then make the big shots at the end of the game, can carry a team. That, he's a self-made guy that way. So that winning has got to be really important to him, considering all that he's put into his game to get to the point where he can win. So he wants to be on teams that can win. And then I think respect has something to do for it, too. You heard when he was leaving San Antonio, he felt like he wasn't being treated like a star. And then he got to Toronto, and they definitely treated him that way. They were very deferential. Are you feeling okay today? We're not going to push you. We're going to call it load management so it doesn't look bad when you're resting. Uh, and they, they took care of him like a star. They made him feel like a star, like he was respected, like like the work he was putting into his game was respected. So if he goes to the Lakers, they're the, they are the star team in the NBA. They're they're. Right the franchise that's known for taking care of its stars and LeBron is there to make sure that they do. And I, I, I so I, I can see going to Lakers. He knows he would be with players that can put him into the finals every year. He can't do it by himself, but he knows that he can do it. And he's, he's got to have LeBron telling him, I'm going to set you up. You're not going to see yourself dipping uh, if you come here, you're, I'm going to make, I'm going to take responsibility for making sure that you feel welcome, you're appreciated, and that you maintain your level as a player. You're not going to fall back. That, that I think is the message. Whether he believes it or not, whether he, you know, but think about it. if he goes to the Clippers and the Lakers go out and get a couple of good players instead of Kawhi, the Lakers are going to have the better team between LeBron and Anthony Davis, and he's always going to be looking up to the Lakers. I, I think. With, well, with LeBron being able to play for a number of years and Anthony Davis just entering his peak years. I, yeah, it could be. And, you know, just to circle back for a second, what you said about the Lakers, and even before that, what you said, because you're right, Ian. I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, how the Toronto Raptors treated, you know, Kawhi Leonard like a star and handled the load management. 
Um, but don't you think that with the Lakers, uh, the guy who's going to get the break and not have to play as much and be handled with load management is LeBron James because he's older, because of his legacy. You know, so Kawhi Leonard might be playing more, you know, during the regular season because you can't have, as you know, Ian, you can't have two guys on load management, two big stars like this, right? Oh, I think they would. Okay. I, to- I totally think they would. And they would not be worried about winning the most games during the regular season. And they, they, they would just be managing their team to get into the playoffs and then go on a two-month tear with everybody playing their best. Yeah, I, I think as long as they, they were, you know, in the top three or so in the West, they, they'd be fine, as long as everybody was happy going into the playoffs. So under normal cir- circumstances, you're totally right. Under normal circumstances, you wouldn't have two guys. But if we're talking about a Lakers team with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kawhi Leonard, that's arguably the top three players in the NBA, and I don't ever remember that ever happening. No, where you had the top yeah, no, three we were saying that earlier. You're right. No, you're right about that for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so they they could they could live with it. They could live with you know ten games a year when both LeBron and Kawhi aren't playing. Probably win I don't know three, four, five, six of those games and. I'm telling you, when when we get into June and they're playing well together and everybody's healthy, no one's going to remember those 10 games that they missed during the regular season. We're talking to Ian Thompson, author of The Soul of Basketball. All right, Ian, away from Kawhi here, you know, $2.9 billion in contracts and extensions were doled out when free agency in the NBA got going at 6 o'clock Eastern time uh, on Sunday night, right? I mean, it came fast, it came quick, it came in a hurry. Obviously, the biggest headline in Brooklyn with the Nets. Um what the the impact here, short term, long term, of both Kyrie and Durant landing in Brooklyn? It's really, really, really unpredictable because um, Kyrie now in the last three years he was with LeBron. Kawhi is being drawn to LeBron. It looks like it looks like Anthony Davis was drawn to LeBron. Kyrie was repelled by him. Kyrie left. Cleveland left the chance to, to keep winning with LeBron to go to Boston, said he wanted his own team. Two years later, he's bailed on the Celtics uh, just a few months after promising to resign with them in public. So he's, he's a total wild card. You, you don't know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get a great scorer and everything, but you don't know what you're going to get as far as a leader. And he's in a leadership position now with this team, especially with Durant out for a year. So, and then you don't know what you're going to get from Durant physically when he does come back. I would think he's going to be really, really good, but you just don't know for sure. Well, at so, 32 years old with an Achilles, yeah. No, he'll be exactly. back at 32, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. Now, Dominique Wilkins came back and, and performed at a high level from it, but you just really you really don't know. So it, there's a gamble here, and yet this, this move puts the Nets on the map, right? It makes It brings respect to them. It shows that that they're not this laughing stock that gave up all the picks to the Celtics in the bad trade years ago, that they really have built something that could attract these two kinds of players. But whether it turns into, you know, great success on the court, I don't know. But at least it's at the very least it's it's raised their profile within the league. You listen to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Ian Thompson, author of The Soul of Basketball. So so sticking on that topic, if you don't mind, uh, Ian, of the Nets. So, and speaking of Kevin Durant, you know, how comfortable do you think that Durant will be in Brooklyn with the Nets? I mean, you know, be, being out with Golden State for so much time and stuff like that. Do you think he'll find his comfort zone? I know he's going to be rehabbing the first year he's not playing. I get it. But uh, do you think he'll have uh, an issue with getting comfortable within the Brooklyn organization? 
I, I would think so because they, they've done such a good job of building um, an, an organization that's, that's around winning, that's around developing the players. I mean, they don't seem like, like a, a distracted place as opposed to the Knicks, you know, where the <laughs> yeah. Knicks always have stuff going on that prevents them from winning. Then the Nets, Drew, these guys that are running the Nets now, they do a really bad hand. They had no draft picks. They had a terrible team. And how do you build that? And Well, look how they built it. They they really built it from the ground up. They did it the hard way. And so I, I think there's a lot of respect there for them. And then, you know, he's going to the East as an injured player, albeit, but Durant, Durant's going to the East at a time where everybody else is bailing on the East. LeBron left. Kawhi might be leaving. Uh, and if Kawhi leaves, then the East is going to be wide open. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets underachieve with these two guys if they don't really live up to expectations. But I also would not be surprised. This is how much of a wild card it is. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Nets end up going to the NBA Finals in a couple of years because the East is just so wide open and so much less talented than the West really is. Going to be opportunities for for teams, for a lot of different teams to get to the NBA Finals out of the East now. Not to win the championship, but just to get out, get to the NBA Finals. You know, Ian, why do the Knicks fail repeatedly? I mean, they you know, they, they walk around like they've won, you know, 20 NBA championships. The franchise does. They haven't. The arrogance, they thought Durant and Kyrie were coming. They didn't. They had to go to plan B. They traded Porzingis. I mean, the ineptitude for the Knicks here. Uh, why can't they, you know, how, how long does it continue? And why do you think stars aren't drawn to Madison Square Garden like the Knicks believe they are? You know, it, it's a great question because it answered itself. Right? When you talked about trading Porzingos. <laughs> and I, all, see, all season long, we've been hearing that it's almost a done deal, right? That, that uh, Durant and Kyrie were going to the Knicks. And they even sent out a letter to their season ticket holders kind of hinting at that. And it's it's just a it's not a smart way to run things in this era, especially everybody in the NBA knows that Kevin Durant changes his mind a lot. And and that he, in Oklahoma City they thought he was going to stay before he left to go to Golden State. So you just couldn't count on him committing, even if he was sending all these signals he was going to go to the next, they should never have counted on him going there. And then for them to trade their best player to, to get both of them, I, it's just more of the same. It's just more of the same now for decades. And it's only going to change when James Dolan changes one way or another. Well, that, that's really, what I was, really was just going to ask you. Let me interrupt. I was going to ask you that. I mean, like, Dolan... I mean, is he the flat-out reason why they just can't attract these bigger players, man? Is that the reason? Yeah, but it's not, it's not because of who he is as a person. It's the way he's behaved all these years. It's the way he's run this team. It's, it's not they, – they don't look at James Dolan and say, oh, that, that's a bad guy. I don't want to be here. It's because James Dolan has owned the team badly. He's run the team badly. Right, and right. They, they, they just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. They're not structured. In my in my book, one of my favorite things in in the book I wrote about LeBron and the NBA, Pat Riley told me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar told him years and years ago when Pat Riley was just starting to coach, look, Pat, your job is to put together a structure where the best players like me, we don't have to worry about making sure everybody's on time, making sure that the, they know the plays. 
All of the little things have to be put together by the organization so that the great players can just worry about being great. And the Knicks have not created that environment. No, it's listen, that's great. I mean, that, that is a great statement. You're dead on correct. Uh, you know, and how about Philadelphia, the 76ers? My, you know, Taz is a huge Sixer fan. Um, and they lose Butler in that sign-and-trade with Miami as Riley gets himself a, you know, a guy to, you know, kind of your typical Pat Riley, hardworking, really good player, gritty down in, in South Beach. But what about this 76er team with now Embiid, Simmons, Al Horford, who's a great locker room presence, and bringing back Tobias Harris, the big four down in Philly. What about the 76ers here moving forward? So on paper, they should be the favorite now if Kawhi leaves. If Kawhi leaves Toronto, they should be the favorite to win the East. But there is so much pressure now on Ben Simmons because during the playoffs this past season, Jimmy Butler was running the team. Ben Simmons was not. They were not trusting Ben Simmons. Jimmy Butler was the guy. And now without him, who is, who's going to be the engine? Who's going to drive them? I know, I know their best player is Joel Embiid, you know, but is, is Ben Simmons going to be able to run their team? And is he going to be able to shoot enough where teams have to defend him in the half court? Those are big questions. And so on paper, there's a lot of pressure on Philadelphia to be, be great and to make the finals and have a chance to win the championship. But really, it's a very fragile thing because it all depends on Ben Simmons, who has yet to show that he can do that. No, he hasn't shown that. And and here's the other frustrating thing, Ian, is we all know the wart to his game is the outside shooting, right? I mean, LeBron was not a great outside shooter coming in from high school, right? Michael worked on his mid-range game throughout the course of his career. Why, how can Ben Simmons not develop and work on an outside shot? I mean, how... how I mean, how is he not in the gym and developing an outside shot? It's almost like he, in these moments in the play, he's afraid to shoot the basketball. He does look like he's afraid. And a, a difference from, between LeBron and Ben Simmons is right off the bat coming into league. LeBron had a decent shooting stroke. You could just see it when he shot. And Ben Simmons has the ugliest shot maybe in the league. And it hasn't, become prettier the elbow sticks still sticks out and all of the problems that shooting coaches complain about he exhibits and and so for him to become a good shooter he has to overhaul it he has to be really he has to really humble himself and take it all apart and put it back together again he has to teach himself how to shoot all over again that's that's a really humbling thing and he he hasn't done it yet is he working on it this summer maybe he is i don't know but until he does it, I, I don't know if, if he can – I don't know if there's enough practice in the world for him to fix that shot because of just the way it's structured, you know. And so that that's a big thing. He came in here with – he came into the NBA with, with a poorly structured shooting stroke. And until he fixes that, I don't know if he'll ever be a shooter. Ian Thompson, author of The Soul of Basketball. Ian, we'll close it out here. Taz and I were having a discussion earlier, what's best for the NBA. We'll go back to where we began, and that is around Kawhi Leonard. Do you think it's it's better for the NBA for Leonard to end up in a Laker uniform, or do you think it's better for the NBA to end up in the, with either the Clippers or Raptors? You know, um, the NBA has always had these super teams, and it's it's sort of been over the years. Uh, ever since Bird and Magic came in, it, it's it's been the opposite of the NFL. The NFL has always been a parody league, and you never really knew for sure who was going to win it, even though the Patriots seem to be there every year now. Um, 
But the NBA has always been built around these great players and these great teams. In the 80s, uh, which is still seen as a golden era, it was always the Celtics and the Lakers. It was always those two teams. And so I, I think the model for the NBA is, is Kawhi Leonard going there and having the super team, especially with the Lakers, who are, who are their Dallas Cowboys of the NBA. And, and I, I, I would think that that's an easy sell for everybody in the NBA. If, they're, if we're talking about making money and drawing in audiences, and people wanting to see the Lakers win or wanting to see them lose, no matter how you feel about them, you're going to want to watch them. So I, I, I would think as far as marketing, uh, me personally, I, I would think it would be cool if he stayed in Toronto. I mean, I haven't been talking about what I would, what I would prefer, but I think that would be very cool if he stayed in Toronto. But I, I just I don't think that's going to happen. Ian Thompson, author of The Soul of Basketball. Check out the book. Uh, it's a fantastic book wherever books are sold. Hey, Ian, thank you so much for the time this morning. Always great talking a little basketball with you. Thanks, Ian. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.